Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Matt from Sweet 732, the podcast, and we just wanted to thank everybody for listening to the show. On our last episode, we sat down with AD and Amanda, and we talked about premarital counseling and all the things that they've learned from that experience. And on this episode, we're going to continue with the second part of that conversation where they continue to share more of the things they learn and how it can benefit us all, whether you're in a relationship or whether you're single. And as always, this episode is brought to you by Minwo LLC. Minwo LLC is a community of minority or women business owners known as Minwoners that empower each other to become more financially competitive in their respective markets. That's Minwo LLC, doing business better together. Enjoy the show. Still like you when graduation humbles Just dance with a nigga Bounce with a nigga I've been drinking Think it's time you romance with a nigga I keep it real chill No my niggas kind cocky But you know how I be I just stay low key Boosting on the gas Just to make a trip to see Alright, yeah, that's real That's real That's good that you mentioned that Always getting counseling Or always seeking help Throughout your relationship Because I think that's One thing that um, I've heard from people who Um I work with my coworkers. They tell me that, you know, people who have gone through divorce, they either say they wish they would have done premarital counseling or they wish they would have continued counseling and not just always thinking that, you know, what they believe is best. Seeking um, assistance and help when need be from other people is always good as long as it's the right person, of course. But making sure you're always getting help is great. So, um... One more thing that I, um, me particularly, I wanted to know was just dealing with the in-laws. Did you guys like discuss that? The amount of time that you will spend with each other's families and how you'll balance that to make sure that it's fair and also, you know, you're getting to see each other's family on holidays and et cetera. Did you guys discuss that? Um, that's so crazy. So, um, we um it's in the book that we have I wish I brought it with me it's in the book it has the book we the book we did and I'll say and I'll send you a text or something to let you know like the exact title of the book but it has those questions to mm-hmm. the details um, wow. what holidays how long how many days the whole nine yards mm-hmm. but um we have a system and you need one and All you need right. to stick to it okay. we have a pretty solid system I'm for instance, uh, Thanksgivings. So Thanksgiving, sisters, two families. Um, now th- we we are fortunate that our families live within a, this vicinity. So I know that there are right. couples in, that are out there that you're going to have to probably fly and things like that. But in, but in again, this is very personal. In our situation, um, we start at my house with my family, and then um, we because ha- my because our my family tends to have our earlier Thanksgiving. Right. And then from there, um, we don't eat too, too much. We watch the first half of the game. We get on the um, beltway and we drive all the way up to um, Baltimore. And then from there, we have the second half and we spend the rest of the evening till the very, very late nights with his family. So um, right. and we've been doing that since uh, probably our second year of being together. That it, it just worked out that way. I will be very honest. It just worked out that way. Right. And then when we started seeing those questions, we're like, oh, well, we seem to have a system. It, it, it mm-hmm. seems to work. Um, and Christmas, Christmas, this Christmas specifically was the first time we kind of really had to be intentional because um, his his family starting to, to start some really awesome um, traditions too. So, um, so we had to plan that like days in advance so that we could make sure that we give an equal amount to each family because each family right. wants to see us and ask about the wedding and blah, blah, blah. 
and yeah, things of that nature. But again, it's just, it goes back to what AD said. It's just intention and being mm-hmm. considerate of right. each other. You know, I know that if my family was farther away, we would probably have to work something out, maybe go every other or something right. like that. But, um, but again, it's just intention, just making sure that you're, that you're not saying, well, my mom is more important than your mom and I don't like your mom. So therefore we're not going, you know, those, those just right. petty yeah. stuff, you know, just, <laughs> just petty stuff, you know, just, just it's just intention just making sure that you're both on it right yeah yeah that's that's good because i feel like i've had this conversation so many times with just friends and it's like how how do you manage that specifically i mean you guys said your family's close by which is great but with those people whose family is further away i know that that can be so difficult managing the time to make sure that okay well this person's family is a little bit closer so maybe we'll go there for thanksgiving how are you going to do christmas you know like figuring that out is like so key so key so did you have any um other topics you wanted to talk about yeah um i know one of the things that i was thinking about when I when I first learned that you guys are going to premarital counseling, which was always kind of like a wild moment to me, is I would imagine the audience in the room. Um, and you said that you guys, one of the things that you guys did was actually sit in like a classroom setting. If you could just speak to the other people in terms of age, was this mm-hmm. class I'm guessing was put on through your church? So um, I'm gonna assume it was primarily African Americans that were in the room. Or was there a few other racial groups that were? Yeah, it was primarily African-Americans. Um, and the age group was very diverse. You saw people who were getting married the first time to be the second or third. Um, people who had um, joint families. So one partner had kids and, mm-hmm. you know, they were trying to combine the family. So it was anything that you can possibly think of, you saw in there and you got a range of topics um, and you were just able to kind of get a diverse view of how marriage, what marriage can be, how it, what it has shifted. And yeah, it was very diverse. Wow. That's, I, I would be interested to know those people who um, they're working on their second or third marriage. Right. I'll be interested to know why the first marriage didn't work and if the, if now they're re- this is their first time seeking premarital counseling if they didn't do that the first time around and if they're like you know I regret not doing that because I've had that conversation with some of my coworkers and they're always like why didn't I do that you know that was the one thing that I would have changed because if I would have had it I probably would have never got engaged to that person so that's kind of real yeah the heart wants what the heart wants though I feel uh, yeah do but... they give you in the course an understanding of how to navigate the waters between logic and emotion Ooh, because I feel yeah. like what happens and especially I asked the age question because if it is designed to catch a specific age group I feel like a lot of people um, that do decide they want to get married at a young age they get married without truly understanding the difference between your juvenile relationship and a full-on adult um, relationship, which constitutes a marriage. And I feel as though sometimes when you don't know that and you're not prepared to handle all that comes with it, that's what can ultimately result in these high divorce rates that we're seeing. So did they kind of give you an idea of saying, you know, this represents... A- an emotional decision and this is like this is in the better for our relationship um and and it just came to me what the name of the class was called was called prepared 
<laughs> just named me. So it was called Prepared. And um, the really cool part was that, um, like I said, it was about maybe 40, 40, 50 couples. As the class ended, it was 12 weeks, 12-week mm-hmm. class. As the, 12, as the t- class ended, the room got thinner and thinner mm-hmm. and thinner. Wow. And um, going... F- I remember um, his name is um, Pastor James Marshall. He's the one that leads the class. He actually leads all the um, premarital and dating courses as well. Um, But um, he went into this um, thing called the um, emotional cliff. And he talked about like how the some of the decisions um, that some of the decisions that we make, how it can be an emotional decision. Um, And as we get more pent up in our emotional and our emotions, how we'll begin to roll down the emotional cliff. And so he used that emotion, he used that imagery to stay, stay on top of the cliff and sort of look down at the impeding emotions that are coming. And also in the, in the very beginning of the class, he started to go, he talked about what we were going to go into and kind of opened the door. Like, Hey, like he, he's very honest. He's like, look, look around the room. Some of the people you see in this room might not be there towards the end of the course because mm. we're going to we're going to go into some things that are going to be uncomfortable. And I'm telling you a lot of those times some some of those conversations at the end of the class driving home, we would have some like really strong conversations. Not so much arguments because we you know, we had some more tools, but we were starting to really hear each other out and create a really dialogue on like how we really thought on some things and that was the dif- the difference maker between a I love you relationship or which the pastor calls it a love relationship or, or love marriage because a lot of people just get married for love. Right. <laughs> and the actual thing, the real thing. Cause he was like, this marriage is not just, I love you. Let's get married. It's not that it's the merging of two families. Right. You know, right. It's, it's the merging of two identities. It's the, it's a lot of different things that go into being, you know, married. So yeah, he, he broke that down. AD, did you perhaps want to speak on something that it taught you in terms of like how to navigate between those two things, emotion and logic? Because I feel like as men, we're logic by nature. And yeah. the stigma is that women are emotional by nature. <laughs> so it's like fire and ice. Be careful, man. Yeah. Allegedly, I'm speaking out of alleged. It's funny. I think men are just as emotional as women. And sometimes even maybe a little bit more emotional. It's just that women understand or have the tools to be able to communicate and comprehend those emotions. Um, so for me, what I do is I just, I either write it down on my phone, you know, how I'm feeling it at that moment, you know, cause once, once you write it down, you see it, you're able to analyze it even more. Then um, once you're able to process it, you take out the mean things that would, you know, cause harm to your partner. Cause the goal is not to cause harm. The goal is to get your point across and there is, there's an effective way to get your point across without saying the mean things associated with it. So for me, it was just taking a second to pause, writing down those, you know, feelings or thoughts of how I was feeling, um, taking a second glance at it and, you know, correcting some things in it and then going to her and processing information. Right, right. And another thing I kind of wondered, right, is we talked briefly earlier about the audience and the other people in the room. And Amanda, I know that you mentioned that by the time that certain conversations were had, you know, other not the same group of people that started were going to be there once certain conversations were um, taking place. 
and not to get into what some of those conversations may have been, but did you guys get a chance to kind of just talk to other people in the room and just kind of get an idea of, you know, why they felt it was particularly important to be there and some of the things that they mentioned that they were struggling that you guys were probably not expecting to hear and what, and if you wouldn't mind just kind of sharing what those things were. You know, for me, it was, it was, um, this is a very important decision, probably the most important decision I'm going to make in life. And, um, you know, my parents are married and they've always been married. Um, but sometimes talking to them about marriage was a, was a little, it's not tough, but it's just different. So what the class kind of gave me was a, a clean slate to learn, you know, to learn from an individual who's been married for a while um, and to have a class of people that could be vulnerable, that could ask questions like, hey, you know, I'm going to be the first one out of my uh, group of friends to get married. What does that look like? You know, how do I go from being a boyfriend to a fiance to a husband? Because there is a shift, you know, there's a greater responsibility and a greater demand, you know, on your time because you're somebody's husband, you know, and there are certain requirements that that you have to do as a husband. So for me, the, the one thing that I just loved about it the most was being able to have a clean slate to learn and being able to have people um, with different backgrounds, too, because it, it kind of also made you appreciate your relationship. For example, right, right. Um, you know, we, we don't have blended families, so we don't have any kids. So sometimes it makes you think about, huh, you know, even though that's not my problem, I'm grateful that's not my problem. But this is my problem. Okay, let me focus on this. Yeah, um, I I have to agree. A lot of the a lot of the people there, there was there was the conversations with others who were actually engaged. Mm. We hadn't been engaged yet, so it was how did he propose? How much does the ring cost? How much money should you put aside for the ring? Have you started wedding planning? How soon should you start wedding planning? Those types of things. You had those conversations with people who sort of already did that. Then there were people there who were actually single too. Really? There were people who were single. There was a remember to our right, there was a mother and daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, remember that? And and yeah, and there was and it was um there were people who were there who were single who were just they wanted to hear they wanted to get the tools to be a wife. What does that look like? How do I go from being the type of girl that's doing her thing to maybe changing some of my personal habits or lifestyle so that I can be so that I can be better for my my boyfriend at the time. You know, like there was right. those types of conversations. Um there were people who were married who were going back for a refresher. So that was really cool too because then we get we used to have a conversation with um I'm I'm one of the ladies that the, the couple that sat in front of us they were married and they've been married for a while but you know they you know we sometimes the old habits die hard and so you want to you know learn from a book and actually um um better ways to do things you know to right, to right. to you know make make your marriage better so um so yeah it was it, it was all sorts of things we were just we were like right in the middle you know we weren't single. We weren't engaged. We weren't married. So we, we were just right in the middle, just sort of observing and seeing others who were in in their selected circumstances. So, yeah. So that's interesting that you say that there were singles that went, because I feel, and I'm, I'm going to speak on behalf of men. I feel as though that course could do a lot for men specifically. I think that sometimes we, 
have the concept of marriage very misconstrued. And I feel like sometimes we're probably a little bit more prideful. Like, it doesn't surprise me that, I don't know if there were single men in the classroom as well. But there were more single women. Yes, more and that women. and that doesn't surprise me, just because I feel like for some reason women will be more open to um, receiving new information in, in ways that can be beneficial to help them in the future. Should they find themselves in a loving relationship that they hope to turn into a marriage, I think that it would be great for men to go. But I, I can't say that I'm shocked to hear that not many men. Ad, would you say that it it is a beneficial exercise for single men to go? to go through because I think everyone assumes you have to be married to endure premarital counseling I think it's a great exercise for all men to do and the reason why is we as men we don't get an opportunity to internalize ourselves you know society tells us to you know be macho to be able to handle everything and the truth of the matter is sometimes you just don't have the answer sometimes you just don't know why? Right. And there's nothing wrong with it, right? Because you haven't gone through these experiences. So the one thing that, that I appreciate about the class is it always allows me to internalize myself, internalize my actions, my emotions. It makes me conscious of who I am and, uh, and, and figure out, you know, the why behind the what. You know, why am I acting this way? Why am I feeling, you know, this way? And... Um, for me, it's just, you know, I think about the family that I want to have someday. Um, and I think about the responsibility that is going to be placed on my head as the head of this household, as the man of this household that, you know, I have, you know, these people who are looking towards to me for direction. But I also know that my spouse is an equal partner and I need her to you know, be able to see things that I'm not seeing for me to be able to see things that she may not be seeing. So I think every man should should definitely have something or have a class that allows them to slow down and just internalize their emotions, internalize themselves, be more aware of who they are. Right. And then, Amanda, for you, and I'm sure that you would agree that that class, going to that class as a single woman, although I'm sure it probably is intimidating and it probably takes a fair bit of getting around your own ego as a single woman, I would imagine that you would also agree that going there as a single woman is beneficial because like AD mentioned, it teaches you kind of to get around some of those misconceptions that you may go into the whole concept of marriage with. Yeah, um, like AD said, it is very, very challenging to face yourself. And there, I don't think there's any other space unless you go and seek it that you have to, other than looking at yourself in the mirror. <laughs> there, the only time that you truly have to face yourself is is in is with intention, is with seeking to face yourself, and 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 then and then also it takes time to acknowledge that there's there's something wrong. You know, people will say, "Oh, girl, well, you know, you look like this. Oh, girl, you got attitude problem on this answer." You're like, "Oh, well, that's your problem." You know that you'll say that back, but as a as a as a defense mechanism. But then actually taking the intention to say, a few people have said that I may or may not have had an attitude problem. <laughs> Let me seek some help. You know, <laughs> like yeah. you know, to actually take that intention into and then into going to it with an open mind. You know, like, oh, dang, like maybe, you know, like, like maybe this isn't the best way to communicate. Maybe I don't have to say everything that's on my mind. Maybe I don't have to use my words as weapons, you know, mm -hmm. things like that. So that that is so as a woman going into a setting like that, it it takes 
it takes a lot of guts. And I, and I applaud those ladies because, you know, as, as a woman, especially a woman of color, you're, you're told a, very similarly to a lot of men that you have to be a strong black woman, right. you know, you have to be strong and all, and all these. And, and so being able to be told to be vulnerable, a man is a head of a household. Excuse me. You know, like, you know, all those being told those things and, and then, but then not just being told it, but then being told the reasons why, because I'm the biggest feminist, but to understand like how these things, how, how it can make things better and how it can be more harmonious, a more harmonious relationship. And it's not, it's not denying myself. It's not making me less than the power boss woman that I am, but, but, but those, but both parties denying themselves and being better for each other makes a more harmonious and stronger relationship, I believe. Cause I think we, we we're better now, better people can cl- think clearly and, and do things as a team now because it, because we decided to, to, to take the class and, and learn those things. Right, right. So before we get shot, did you have anything that no, you I'm wanted good. to? No, I'm good. I asked everything I had. Okay. What do you feel like you guys took away as a unit from that segment that you felt, you know, this is really going to make us better collectively? So for me is, uh, well, for us, uh, we're going to say love. Um, but the resounding thing to me is that individually we can be good together. Right, if we go our own separate paths or we're doing something, um, but collectively we can be great. Yeah, I have to agree. It's it's love. I know that that sounds so cheesy, but it's the truth. I mean, you will attract so many more bees with honey than vinegar, mm-hmm. and you just you just you just gotta love. You just you, I mean to the point that it it that it doesn't make sense, you know everything just doesn't require to hold feelings and grudges and things like that. I, I, I know that being in a relationship can be trying and challenging and things like that. But you know, if you just, you just kind of suck that up for a second and just remind yourself of the person that you decided to be with, to begin with, um, it's love. And Ooh, one, one probably, and you, you'll, you'll probably agree with this as well. Um, when relationships go bad, remember how long it took for it to go bad. Mm-hmm. Then when things need to get better, remember how long it's going to take for it to get better. So if it took two, three, four, ten years for something to go bad and you say, oh, my marriage sucks. And then you put the expectation of a year or two sessions with, with the marriage counselor for it to get better. Then that's just unreal. Remember that it took 10 years for it to get bad or it took five years for it to get bad. So give that exact amount of time for it to get good. Mm. Right. Wow. Right. True. All right. So let's wrap it up there. So thank you guys for joining us. Um, We really wanted to get to this episode because we thought that millennials are not the ones who are getting married. They're not taking the steps to do premarital counseling. And then a lot of people are just scared to get married. So, I mean, we thought that this was like, we really, really have been wanting to do this episode exactly. for a while. And, and, um, one of our, uh, older episodes, we talked about the importance of demonstrating black love and how important that it can be for the generations after us to not only be raised with healthy, 
um, relationships with people that look like them from like TV and media, but also most importantly, it starts inside the home. And AD, me and you have talked about this before about the importance of having those loving relationships inside the home because when you, and we've talked about it today, when you see that sort of thing growing up from a child, you understand what is right and what is to be expected as you grow into your adulthood and ultimately move on into your own home and so on and so forth. Exactly. Exactly. So um, thank you to all our listeners for tuning in. Yep, um, as always. Matthew, do you want to plug our... Yeah. Um, again, a big shout out goes out to DL for supplying the intro and the outro music that you will be listening to this episode. You can feel free to check out his Instagram. That is OT Come Up. And also check him out on SoundCloud. We'll post the link to his SoundCloud in the description of this episode. And be sure to check out his latest project entitled Lose Focus, which is available on Apple Music and SoundCloud now. All right, perfect. And thanks. And make sure you follow us online at Sweet 732 Pod. And also follow our individual pages at Miss London 2 and Matt Smalls 3. I need a record for the club, what the DJ say But I don't sweat it too much, I just go and do my thing I put on, far from thugging, started with nothing Got a flow, short of gun of discussion Rappers be bluffing this, all of a sudden They been tired of the mumbling Want a nigga give them more some substance Where it feels so good Remember when it was a dream to me And now this shit moving, know what that means to me That feeling they telling me what it means to them Used to didn't notice, now they say my latest feels so good Yeah, so good